2: This is the Roto-Wire Fantasy Football Podcast. Here is your host, John Halpin. Hey, everybody! It's John Halpin. Welcome to the December
1: seventh edition of the Roto-Wire Fantasy Football Podcast. Derek Van Riper and I are going to catch you up on the last minute news, notes, etc. to get you ready for the weekend. Uh, I want to pat myself on the back. I'm in a an odd new league with uh, Pete Henke's in it. He's the one who got me in it, actually, and I'm six and six, fighting for a playoff spot. And had Derrick Henry in my lineup last night.
2: Did you have Derrick Henry in your lineup because other people like James Connor were hurt and you have a deep bench? Like what led you to lucking into that, that game, which I mean like Derrick Henry's not bad, but his situation has been pretty disappointing all season with fewer carries than expected, uh, even less efficiency than expected behind what is generally regarded as a good Titans offensive line. Well, This is a keeper
1: league. So there are people on my bench that are need. Basically, here's my status was I went heavy on receivers. It was an auction light on the running backs. I went into the season with a McKinnon Geis backfield or went into August. It seemed
2: great at the time.
1: Didn't it though? And it was cheap. And then they both fell by the wayside and Royce Freeman didn't do anything. And it's been, it's been a comedy of errors at running back. But my, my starters were Drake and Derrick Henry. And I looked I literally looked this week, I'm going, Oh man, I gotta start Derrick Henry. This stinks. And lo and behold, <laughs> forty seven points later.
2: <laughs> yeah, he almost porticed. That's great.
1: It was great. It was unbelievable. That that touchdown run with the stiff arms was it's just awesome. Loved
2: it. So good for he, him. He's yeah.
1: now what? He's in the top twenty for the season now, isn't he?
2: Probably yeah, probably. Yeah. It's, it's, just, it's amazing how one game can make everything look fine. But there were underlying numbers before yesterday that would, still would have suggested that Derrick Henry is not quite as bad as his overall numbers would have said. Now it's like that game flips it to the point where it almost might tell you he's better than he really is. Yep.
1: And, and now, yeah,
2: so now what's going to happen is we're going to get to the end of the
1: year and we're going to do our recaps and we're going to look in May and you're going to go, oh, look, Derrick Henry was RB19 for the season. Yeah, he was, but half of it was in one game. All right, enough Derek Henry. By the way, uh, ownership-wise, he he's currently 58% owned on Yahoo. 18% started this week. So there are many, mm-hmm. many teams, probably teams that were eliminated because they picked him in round three
2: in most cases, right? I think what happened in some leagues is people that were relying on James Connor lost Connor and Henry in 10 and 12 team leagues has been cut a lot of places late mm-hmm. in the year. He was a, a scoop when like somebody else got the Jalen Samuels first, you know, like he was people's second or third choice on the waiver wire in some leagues. And here he is like putting together the kind of performance that probably wins you the week. If most of the things in your roster just go somewhat well, right?
1: All right. Um, folks, check us out on Twitter for questions over the weekend. He's at Derek Van Riper. I'm at Jay Hoppen37. You can also catch us at RotoWire and you can get our player updates at RotoWire NFL. And, and you can find news on Facebook if you prefer that or if you do both. All right, week 14 injuries. Got a lot of stuff here. So we know that James Conner's out. We know that Melvin Gordon's out. We know that Sean Jackson's out. Carry on Johnson. Haven't seen anything official, assuming he's out. Um, AJ Green's out. If you missed that, Matt Breed is out. Graham Gano out for the Panthers. So I think it's Chandler, Chandler Catanzaro. Um, And that's kind of a upper half over under game. So if you're looking for a kicker, that actually could be something for you. Um, Also in that game, Denzel Ward out with a concussion for the Browns makes DJ Moore probably a better play. I had to give DJ Moore a plug because I like him so much.
2: Sure. Yeah. I mean, the Browns defense is pretty good, but they're missing key pieces like Ward I think it makes them more vulnerable to big plays, and and they've got a couple guys aside from McCaffrey that can do that. DJ Moore being one of them, and Curtis Samuel being the other. All right, the other news today: Sammy Watkins, who's
1: been kind of a maybe yes, maybe no for a few weeks, the Chiefs said he's out until the playoffs. So, uh, does anybody? If you if you're going deeper, they, is Chris Conley your guy?
2: Yeah, I'm looking to a different team for that because they could spread those Watkins targets around a bit. Uh, might not be any one guy that benefits. Might be just a little more that goes to Tyreek Hill or to Kelsey, the guys that are already owned. Yeah, if you had to pick a guy in that offense, Conley's the guy that probably gets on the field more, but I think in that matchup against Baltimore, you're probably going to turn away and, and look at other teams instead as far as your, your Watkins replacements go. But this also isn't fresh. I mean, you've you've had... You've had a few weeks to adjust to Sammy Watkins being dinged up. Yes, you definitely have.
1: And, and you've, yeah, you, you, if you've been counting on him, you got a problem. Um, Demarcus Robinson did get—he had one catch. It was a 38-yard catch against the, the Raiders, but I was hoping for that a few weeks ago, and that just didn't work out. All right, um, other guys here. So Sam Darnold looks like he's back for the Jets. Evan Engram back for the Giants. That's good. Game time decisions. T.Y. Hilton is apparently a game time decision for the Colts. You're going to have to watch that. Um, have not seen any Isaiah Crowell news yet. By the way, we're, we're recording this at a little after 2.30 Eastern on Friday. So um you're gonna want to keep up with the injury news later, especially the uh the West Coast teams and things like that. Isaiah Crowell still listed as questionable limited practice on Friday. You hope you're not depending on him. Doug Baldwin has been battling some injuries this week. His Rotowire player page says Yeah, you know, he didn't practice Thursday. They're thinking that the 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 sentiment out of that area seems to be that they think he'll play, but because he didn't practice Thursday, haven't seen today yet, you're going to want to keep an eye on Doug Baldwin. You ready to stream some defenses? Sure. All right. So the, the Bills, who were one of our favorites early in the weekend, Jake and I talked about them a lot on Tuesday, they're up to 44% ownership. So you can still get them. They're not universally available. Let, let's assume – right, can, can we agree that the Bills of the low, relatively low ownership teams maybe under half the Bills are the play if you can get them?
2: Yeah, I I think so.
1: All right. After that, going below 40, below 30% ownership, we're using Yahoo right here. Our options here. Giants are 25% owned, and they're playing against the Sanchez. It's at Washington, though. The Lions, whose defense is not good, but they're playing against Josh Rosen, who has... I'm a fan. I always say that, but he's had some struggles. Uh, The Cardinals on the other end of that game at home. The Cardinals' defense gets a lot of sacks. They like to blitz, all that stuff. They're going to be without one of their... uh, Better defensive players. I think Dion Buchanan. Yeah, he's out. Um, Or you can go the Jets against Josh Allen. I mean, there's options here. I, I would say that after the Bills, all of them have flaws, but there's potential upside everywhere too. Is there anybody there that you like more than the others?
2: I think it's Arizona. I mean, I, I don't expect that game to be one where the Lions have to throw a lot by design. They're not going to want to. They don't have the same receiving core they had to begin the season, but Arizona's pass rush is legitimately good. Uh, I think that gives them a nice floor. Um, so if you're looking at, at Buffalo and they're already owned in your league or you're just not sure about that defense, which I think you can be, <clears throat> Arizona's the team I'd pivot to out of the remaining options. Very low owned, 14% on Yahoo is it's available in what seven out of eight leagues? I mean, that's that's a pretty it's a pretty readily available defense for those who need one.
1: Yep, uh, like I said, Giants are twenty five percent on the Lions sixteen Cardinals fourteen, Jets twelve. Speaking of streaming, let's get to the uh, the rest of the players, the rest of the positions. Quarterback, not a ton to like here, to be honest with you. Eli Manning at twenty one percent. The 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 Redskins offense, the Redskins defense has been good overall this year but they're kind of getting they're getting leaky is that fair do you think
2: yeah i think so um yeah the redskins on the outside have had some trouble covering receivers too i think barkley could just kill him in the screen game that could be one one way the giants actually get something out of manning this week is dumping the ball off a lot to saquon barkley and letting him do damage maybe case keenum's a bit more interesting this week than usual. Uh, it's weird to say that with Emmanuel Sanders going down with that season-ending injury, but San Francisco has been pretty bad against the pass. Uh, that game might be close enough where you know you have run-pass balance. You don't just have Philip Lindsay and and Royce Freeman running it forty times. So it's 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 ugly at the bottom. Uh, Derek Carr is out there, and I think. 82 percent of leagues right now Ew. if you're buying it all into what they were doing last week against the chiefs and, and having a, a heavy volume game script uh with the steelers in town this week you could talk yourself into that but i actually think case keenum's the quarterback i don't like that i actually like a little bit in the setup <laughs> the, the
1: quarterback i don't like that i actually like
2: <laughs> i like that yeah line. that's a good the one
1: desperate the desperation play yep I, be, you're, you said if you're buying into a car I did last
2: week. Are you buying into a car I did last week? I'm not. Never. No. no I, I think the Raiders, when, when they have a pulse like they did last week, it freaks me out because I expect them to show up and score six points against pretty much everybody. Right. And, and the, the Caucasian Cam Newton, Josh Allen, where does he fit into
1: this? Is that how people are
2: calling him now? That's what I'm calling. Oh. Uh, I, mean, I, I don't know if that was like a, a, a big nickname <laughs> or a, a nickname nah. you gave him.
1: Tin's running; he's running like crazy. I love it.
2: I against the Jets, I guess you could do it. I I'm still skeptical. It, it's the supporting cast. It, it's just not a good supporting cast. I know Shady went nuts against them last time. Zay Jones is playing well. The rushing yards bump up the floor. Allen's just kind of I still don't think there's that much that separates him from Ryan Tannehill week to week.
1: He's run for two hundred and thirty three yards in the last two weeks.
2: Right, Which Ryan Tannehill has not done, but I just don't – I don't want to expect that from Allen or anything close to that from Allen. I I I still – I'm still dumb. I I still – I just can't – I can't accept this as reality. I I, I I think I'm accepting it. I think
1: I'm happily accepting it. I love it. It's just great. You know what it is though with me? It is – I've mentioned this before. It is such a confirmation bias of what I saw in the preseason. And I've told you this before. Mm-hmm. that when I saw him play, he just tucked and ran at the first sign of trouble. And now that he's running, I'm going, see, I I knew it. I was right. I, mean, I don't know. Maybe I was sort of part right. But, you know, it, it's it's feeding into what I thought about him a few months ago. And I'm, I think part of
2: me is excited about that. So that's why I'm, I'm excited to see him running like this. I so. will leave my mind open to the possibility that with better pass catchers in the roster a year from now, that Josh Allen could be a better player than I ever thought, but yes, that's about as far as I'm going to go and, and I am with you on that. I was so down on that pick,
1: and now I'm going, M- maybe, M- maybe you know i, I like I, I'm with you, I'm more open to the possibility. I'm always open to the possibility that I could be wrong, but having watched him, I'm going, you know, I could see it happening. I still think the odds are against a guy who's that inaccurate. Being, uh, being successful, but I, I can see it. And it sounds like his teammates really like him. You know, they're say, they, they, when you hear teammates talk about a guy like, man, that guy, just, I love, you know, they don't say I love that guy. I man. he's a baller. Look, did you see that play? And it seems like the teammates are kind of buying in, which is nice to hear. That helps. And Kelvin yeah. Benjamin's gone. So everyone's probably happier now. Totally happy. And Bill's Mafia is happy that we're talking about this. So that's good um running back there's folks if you have to stream at running back I'm sorry and you haven't and you didn't get on the Jalen Samuels Jeff Wilson bit early in the week I mean where do you go is it Steven Ridley do you believe this stuff about the split
2: no I don't I don't think Steven Ridley is very good uh the Raiders are bad so I guess that's what that's where you put your faith and you think, oh, okay, the Steelers are going to score 30 points. Maybe accidentally Stephen Ridley scores a touchdown and gets 12 carries for 50 yards because they're winning by so much. Um, but if you're, you're desperate at running back this week and you missed out on all those guys, what were you doing? Were you were right. sleeping through the, fa- the waiver deadline? I mean, the you didn't have deadline? another option, right? You, you, you don't like who you
1: have and you didn't aggressively go after Samuels or, or Wilson. What were
2: you doing? Uh, I mean, maybe Elf Morris is active this week and he shares some of the carries with Jeff Wilson, but he's not going to catch any passes. And that that's a total dart throw also. I mean, it, it's bad if you if you didn't if you didn't address this earlier in the week, Ridley's a better option than Morris. And maybe Elijah Maguire's kind of interesting, but that's not going to be a shootout. It's just that he catches some passes. Right.
1: And if, if Crowell is out that that would lead you toward Elijah McGuire as your emergency play. Example, you get, you might have to wait till Sunday morning to find out, find that one out. So, I mean, he, and he's still not good. He's still not a good play. He's just sort of a, all right, he's the guy in the backfield and oh my gosh, it's noon Sunday and I don't have anywhere else to go. So th- th- there would be a logical path to success there. I don't know about a likely one, but a logical one. Um, What about, you know, I'm looking at the snap counts. Rashad Penny, again, we're we're emergency streaming. It's Friday. You missed your waiver period, and you're scrambling. Like, if you had Crowell as your third back, and he's out, and now what? Rashad Penny ran 7 for 65 on a touchdown last week in a big win. And Carson dislocated his finger, I think, but he's fine. Maybe that led to that. But I'm looking at the snap count. He played 12 snaps.
2: So, Not good. Yuck. Yeah, very right. bad.
1: Is it, okay. How about this? If of these guys that we mentioned, if Crowell is out, McGuire would be the guy, right?
2: Yeah, I think he has the clearest workload in that scenario.
1: What? So the guys we talked about: Morris, McGuire, Ridley, Penny. I think was it. If Crowell plays, which one of the if you had to? Is it Ridley because of the touchdown possibility
2: and a blowout? If, if I can't have McGuire with Crowell out, it, or if Crowell Ridley. isn't out. Let's say if Crowell plays. How about that? If, if Crowell plays, I, I guess out of that bunch, it's, yeah. it's Ridley. But, yeah, I don't, I don't feel great about it.
1: Hopefully this doesn't apply to anyone listening, but it might, which is why we're here. So, all right, wide receiver. Things are better at wide receiver here. We've got options that can be productive. I want to start at the bottom. We talked about this guy a little yesterday. I want to talk more. You mentioned Keenum. So if you like Keenum, or as you said, he's a guy I don't like that I like in this situation. Parentheses. Deshaun Hamilton is probably your number two for the Broncos. I mean, they're going to be run-centric. They're playing at the Niners, which I think the game, it, I think this game looks easier for the Broncos than it's going to be. Like I, I don't know that the Broncos are going to be winning 24-3 to and running,
2: running Philip Lindsay every down. I think they might have to work for this one. I think you beat San Francisco by throwing the ball too. So Hamilton is a somewhat interesting Hail Mary play. I think at a similar ownership rate though, I mean, Michael Gallup's only owned in 8% of Yahoo leagues. His role's been increasing. Philly's so banged up in the secondary that Michael Gallup I think would be the guy that I would be looking for ahead of Deshaun Hamilton.
1: Okay. Um, I think I might agree with you on that one due To Philly's situation. And I keep saying I like Dak this week. So, but the, the, the thing between those two guys, though, Deshaun Hamilton could be in a situation where they, there's not, with Sanders out, I know, I know Sutton's been playing and Sutton's pretty good. But there's less of a hierarchy with the Broncos, you know? I mean, there's only one guy ahead of Gal. I mean, you know, there's Amari Cooper and he's, you know, target number one. But, and I get that Gallup does, there's kind of no one else to compete with there's not a good tight end there's not another good receiver Beasley's hurt I think I know he's hurt I just don't know if he's playing I'll look that up but but Deshaun is like it's not like he's fighting with some alpha receiver you know so I'm, I'm torn on that one
2: I mean Zeke's basically the Cowboys number two receiver yeah, right that now that's very true you're right so Gallup's kind of a three
1: okay um Bruce Ellington he's a floor guy he's probably a 8, 9, 10-point PPR floor guy, depending on how deep your league is. I mean, he's not going to get you much uh, on uh, as far as yardage, most likely, but they're going to throw him the ball and probably get it to him five or six times.
2: He has 19 catches in the last three games on 26 targets, and he's turned that into 115 yards. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, like that's... What's Cooter doing? I think he wants to be fired because he probably doesn't like Matt Patricia because I don't have to work with Matt Patricia and I don't like him. <laughs> All right. Imagine him to work with that guy. That'd be terrible. Yeah, it doesn't sound great. He's, That's he's your a, new boss. Horrible Bosses 3 is being shot right now in Detroit and Matt Patricia is the main <laughs> character. I, I mean, the first movie I actually kind of liked. It. Yeah, I mean, it was it was fine. It was, yeah. it was watchable.
1: Definitely watchable. All right, um, going up the ladder, Zay Jones, 13%. I like the player. I don't know how much of an aerial attack the Bills are going to have, but he's,
2: he's, he's first on Josh Allen's list, right? If, he, if, if you, of all people, if you like Josh Allen, you better like Zay Jones because that's where the targets are going. Well, I like Josh Allen because he runs. Yeah, but even, even if he runs 12 times, when he throws it 18, half of the targets are going to Zay Jones. That's probably true. And
1: Zay Jones, again, we talked yesterday about this. We'll say it again. The last five games, targets 8-6-11-1-9.
2: So, yeah, the one is bad. You get jagged. Was really it, was the, it was the Jacksonville game.
1: Right. Didn't. Jalen Ramsey, who did he get? Was Jalen Ramsey one of the stiff-arm victims last night? I know Bouye was. Uh, I don't remember. I know. I did see. Did you see Jalen Ramsey's act when he was talking? I think it was Jack Conklin. Oh, and he flopped. <laughs> is there a guy this season... Who's made
2: himself more unlikable than Jalen Ramsey? Uh, Matt Patricia, maybe. Um, All right, fair. But yeah, as far as players division, well, I mean, like people who haven't committed crimes. (laughs) Right. Thank you. Uh, That's a good clarification. We'll we'll get to clarify that. Yeah, maybe Jalen Ramsey's at the top of that list. Oh,
1: man. Like before the year, he's awesome, and the Jags are so fun. The Jags were sort of a popular team, and now they stink. And Jalen Ramsey still talks trash even when they're losing by 20 points <laughs> on the field. <laughs> he flopped last. I don't know.
2: He, yeah, he just took such a heel turn. He's like a bad WWE character. It's just I'm just no waiting. I'm, I'm waiting for when, when football players flop. I'm waiting for the comps to be to basketball players instead of soccer players. Like Everybody that trashes soccer when a football player flops after getting a little shove, get, get over this. Like, the NBA players have been flopping for a decade now. This is, this is not unique to soccer. Don't blame soccer for this thing that's happening in football. All right. Spirited soccer defense by you. It's just a bunch I, of cretins out there that don't guy. understand or play soccer that just like to hate on it. Now, I like soccer, but they flop a lot. It's, it's, it's no different than in basketball when there's contact, like making it clear to the official that there's been contact. What's stupid in soccer is when a guy barely gets touched and rolls around on the ground after the whistle for 30 seconds holding his knee like his ACL's torn. Right. I hate that as a soccer player.
1: Like the the ba- the basketball player goes down trying to draw a foul basically looking like he got knocked down. The soccer the soccer player the stereotype of this anyway, which is sometimes true, is that the soccer playing player goes down looking like someone
2: shot it. Right. It just it, it's it's the overkill on the dive itself. Yes. It's not so much just going down because of the contact. I I, I get I get how it's absurd. And I understand why people hate it, but it happens in other sports now too. It we, does. We, we can we can move past it. All right, I'll move past it then. I didn't know. Well, I you. didn't know this I mean, was such been, a
1: sore spot for you.
2: The, the collect like, it's like it's like people I, or, like normally like that. Just oh hey, look at Jalen Ramsey. Looks like he's playing for the U.S. men's national team. <laughs> it's like really that's that's your that's your joke. <laughs> yeah. It's the same as when people wake up the next morning and they come up with Derrick Henry just scored again. That joke was great fifteen years ago. <laughs> it's over. in In Twitter time, it goes. Everything goes, you
1: know, at warp speed. So the joke, the joke gets older in a half hour.
2: Oh, Twitter, Twitter jokes are like fashion. They're they're just they're, they're cyclical. It's, everything's gonna come back around eventually. Yep.
1: All right, more wide receivers. So we like say Jones. I don't. We, I don't like Willie Sneed. I'd rather have Bruce
2: Ellington than Willie Sneed. I f I can't no. You know why? Because here here's what here's what can happen. This this can't happen for Bruce Ellington, at least I don't think it can happen. Willie Sneed on a broken play, where Lamar Jackson's running around, the Chiefs defense is chasing him, Willie Sneed can find some space, Jackson can throw him the ball, and Willie Sneed can then score from sixty yards away. Right. If Bruce Ellington like that broken play thing doesn't even happen with the Lions, like Stafford's not extending a play the same way. And then if he somehow did, I feel like Bruce Ellington would still be three yards away from the line of scrimmage, and somebody would catch him within seven yards. So it'd be like a, a gain of seven. All
1: right, when you talked about Lamar Jackson running around, I thought you were going to call the lateral touchdown, which was going to surprise me. But now I no, got no, you.
2: No, But the Ravens should do some crazy stuff on offense this week because yes. they don't throw the ball. They, they need to do something to trick the Chiefs to get a lead early, to be in... Favorable situations to run the ball a lot. And I think running some goofy gadget play, you know what? If they're going to run a gadget play and let someone throw the ball, Willie Sneed's actually one of the guys that would get a chance to throw it.
1: So that actually leads me to an interesting. Let me look at those defenses again. Where are the Chiefs? They're 52% owned. What I was thinking is if, if the Ravens fall behind, and Jackson has to throw. That elevates the Chiefs' fantasy defense potential quite a bit. Like if 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 the Ravens are down seventeen to three or twenty to three at halftime, the the Chiefs' defense in the second half just becomes a terrific play. And I know we're not doing in-game fantasy playing, but if you want to prognosticate that game, and you think that's the, that's the way that this game could shake out. Lamar Jackson throwing a lot is not good for Lamar Jackson or the Ravens.
2: No, I I, I think they want to try to avoid that at all costs. Um, and Sneed is—he's a slot receiver who's not showing the same target efficiency and big playability he was showing with the Saints when attention was drawn elsewhere. So things are are quite a bit different for Sneed now. He's kind of your garden variety slot receiver, but I think. There's a few little wrinkles that could be in the game plan that actually makes Snead more interesting to me than Bruce
1: Ellington. All right. Um, Two more guys up the ladder 29% on Yahoo. We have Curtis Samuel who got 11 targets last week, which now I was dismissing him before last week. I'm not dismissing him anymore. Uh, He's possibly playable. Anthony Miller, I think with Trubisky back and with the Raiders shaky corners, Anthony Miller's kind of, he's 33% on Yahoo. I think he's back in business. He had a nice stretch he kind of fell off the map a little bit with Chase Daniel. I think, I think we can get back on there if we need a receiver.
2: Yeah, uh, I think of the receivers you've named so far, he's probably the highest owned. but I, yep. I think I like him the most by far because of the way that game is set up to go down.
1: In the, so he had that stretch. So last week, it was, he had caught a one-yard touchdown, and that's it. But he had a stretch where he caught, I don't know, 15 over four games. Is not It's okay. And then the last three... I mean, the last two games with Daniel, he only caught four passes, so he he might be okay. Okay, let's go to tight end. Um, so CJ Uzoma last week, if you were stream, last week he was a popular streamer and a popular DFS guy. He didn't do much, but the volume was there. It's super short yardage volume. I mean, it's sort of a it leans more PPR versus standard than a lot of guys. Like it's weighted more that way. I think. The volume is there. He's twenty eight percent owned. Is he a guy that you would? I don't, I don't know. What, what I, mean, I guess I would ask: What would it take for you to play a guy like CJ Uzoma?
2: Um, a two tight end league with at least twelve teams in it, where somebody cut him because they think the Bengals' offense is garbage now, and they're right. And then he's available like on Saturday, and you say, "Hey, Driscoll kind of throws to the." The big target because it's easier to throw to him than it is to throw to Tyler Boyd mm-hmm. covered by uh, Casey Hayward. That would, that would be my thought process with C.J. Uzoma. Okay. Uh, the other one, Chris Herndon, we talk about every
1: week. He's still viable. Ian Thomas. Woo. Choo-choo.
2: The Ian Thomas train is leaving the station again. You you're, the second, you're the 2nd second Roto-Wire podcast host today to make a train sound on the really? recording. Wow. Yeah. Who was the other one? Ken McKay Train Kreitz, Nice. Who actually, I think, bought a train whistle from a wherever the heck you buy a train whistle. One of those little wooden ones that kids have sometimes. Yeah. I don't know anything about children. <laughs> I, I have no idea. I don't know if train whistles are still a kid's toy. And, yeah. and despite this, I have friends that will ask my wife and I to occasionally babysit. And right? my, my first thought is, sure, we'll help you. My second thought is, Steph's going to probably end up doing most of the work only because I don't know what to do with toddlers yet. And and my third thought is, how many of your closest friends and family are all unavailable before you got to us? Like, where on your babysitting cheat sheet do I rank? Like, am I well, – I what am I? Am I like the Danny Amendola of babysitters? <laughs> like. Well, he's an adult and uh, his wife is is smart and good at medical things, so things will be fine. Here's I have a theory and and it goes toward personal
1: experience. I think there's probably an element of, oh, well, you know, they like they like this because, you know, they they you know, it'd be like practice.
2: You know? I'm not Yes, to... I I think I think some people think that. Yeah. I think it, it it's I, I'm just the kind of person that's willing to help out my friends. Like sure. that's, that's most people are like that. Like you, you see friends that have a kid, you want to help them out. So I'll, I'll always say yes to that. Even, even if Steph couldn't do it, I would offer to do, it. I'd say, Hey, just so you know, Steph's busy, but I can help you out. I can do this. Just let me know what I got to do. I'll do it. And, and two hours think, later, oh, our plans got canceled. Thanks. Derek. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. That kind of stuff that, that could easily happen. But at least, you know what? At least I offered to, to be there. Um, But look, I I think I think what you're suggesting applies more to a dog and less to a child. (laughs) I think the joy of temporarily having a dog is significantly greater than the joy of temporarily having the responsibility over a small child.
1: Yeah, it's it's definitely it's different. It's way more responsibility. The dog, you're like, all right, as long as the dog doesn't get out the
2: door, I'm good. Yeah, you know. keep the door shut. There you go. And before you open the door, make sure the leash is attached to the collar, and you're going to be fine. Right with a kid, totally different. You got to you're, you're following, you know, especially if it's not your kid. With you, within right. two feet
1: of the kid at all times. If it's a toddler, making sure that nothing happens. Like, what if what if this kid grabs a
2: pair of scissors and I don't see them under the couch? It's like that. Yeah. What if the kid eats a toy like that's a that's a realistic scenario like you're sitting there things are going well you think you're doing a good job and all of a sudden a toy is just eaten. That can happen. Yep totally can happen. Yeah so anyway that's what people were here for. I mean if if you've you've lasted to week 14 of your fantasy football season you want to know how terrible of a babysitter I probably am.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I bet you're a good babysitter actually.
2: I think when the kids are old enough to do basic things for themselves, that might be true. Okay. You're not the diaper changing, you're uh, you're kinda that's not your scene. Again, I could figure it out, yeah. but yeah, you, you wants you're to? gonna you're gonna get a better result if the kid is like above five years old. Yeah. All right. But Ian Thomas, you're in. Back to Ian Thomas. No, I don't no. have no interest in Ian Thomas.
1: All right, Ian Thomas, CJ Uzoma or Chris Herndon, pick
2: one. <laughs> Uh, or grab a wild U- card that's available Uzoma U- I think I, uh, mystery box Well, oh, the Monty the Hall problem with tight ends um, I, I might go to the mystery box over all three of those guys okay
1: um, DFS value plays let's go to FanDuel first Jameis shows every week I, all I do I get to this segment and I start with James Winston Every single week. It's ridiculous. Why don't they price him up? I know it's not. that. I mean, the, high, the over-under is always in the mid-50s. He throws like 40 times a game. Well, what's, what's not to like? What's not to make him expensive?
2: I really don't know. I mean, the weather is the only concern there. Right. I, I think that could bump him off the cash game line this week. If it's 15 to 20 mile per hour winds with gusts that are stronger than that, that changes your ability to move the ball through the air, and they don't run it well. So if they're not able to get good positive yardage on early downs and set up shorter second and third down situations, they might be punting a lot. Right. And the thing about that is Saints run it really well with Kamara and Ingram. They, they can get boat raced if the, if the weather's terrible because the Saints are so good at running the ball and so good at stopping the run, and they run it so poorly themselves. Right. And by the way, James did only throw 30 times last week. So speaking of weather, there's a
1: decent chance. So I always like talking to you about this and people who live in the northern part of the country. I am on the line for Sunday night, Monday morning weather event. Basically, the two to four inch line and the one inch line are right near where I am. So I could be on either side of it. But we also might get a quarter inch of ice, which is kind of a problem. I'm pretty sure I'm going to be like things
2: around here are going to be shut down on Monday at least. What's your goal? Is your goal to go to the grocery store like now before people panic this weekend just to make sure you got everything you need? Or is it to be locked into your bar, grocery store, barbecue pit, wherever (laughs) you go to buy your groceries that actually has the tap beer and be stuck there while the entire city shuts down for a week? It would be fun to be stuck there.
1: Um, I will say that. So this storm is supposed to come. Let's say overnight Saturday to Sunday, I was at that grocery store today and it was packed and the, as usual in the south the bread and milk shelves are virtually empty because everybody's making milk sandwiches, apparently
2: <laughs> those are like two very perishable food items that people always load up on for storms. It's, it's a yeah. terrible strategy it's um
1: you know I got I got a lot of wine and I got plenty of
2: canned goods, so I'm fine that's what you should be buying because if it takes longer than a few days it's still all going to be good right so yeah we're good um but you're also making a case for the chest freezer i keep putting off gotta, <laughs> that's right unknowingly that's what you're doing right
1: now <laughs> um what about on the dfs thing on fan duel so we talked about james he's 7700 which is for context, Rodgers is 81, Deshaun Watson, 78. The big guys, Mahomes, 9,300. Um, big Ben, 86, blah, blah, blah. What about Dak? Dak's 7,400, which is cheaper. And I just, against the Eagles with this spot, plus Dak runs, I, I think this is kind of interesting. He, he's of the low price guys, he's the one who kind of stuck out for me. Is it, is it Dak or, or Wentz? I know the Cowboys have better defense, but Wentz probably put passes for better numbers usually.
2: I think I like Dak better because I, I think Dallas's defense is actually good. Yeah. Um, so for this week only, it'd be Dak. I mean, he's averaging almost 19 Fanduel duel points per game since they added Amari Cooper. Uh, a lot of that production came in the Thanksgiving Day game against Washington, even in a game where the Cowboys offense was really efficient and good against the Saints. I mean, he only had 14.2 fan duel points because he had one passing touchdown. Zeke did a lot of work in that one. And that's still kind of the main focal point of the Cowboys offense. So Dak is still kind of GPP only. And there are a few other guys that I think have that have higher ceilings that cost a little more than I'm willing to pay up for this week. OK. Running back, uh,
1: Jalen Samuels is super cheap because the news on, on Connor came out after the pricing, I gather. Uh, value meter wise, though, here. So Jeff Wilson's up there, obviously. Jeff, but he's $5,600. So that, so that price is different. Samuel's 4600 Jalen Rashard's way up there. And it's interesting because this isn't, FanDuel's not full PPR. So Jalen Rashard being up there is kind of interesting because I think Doug Martin's fine now, right?
2: I think so, but I, th- I think Jalen Rashard's looked good, the carries he's been getting. So you, you get this idea that maybe the Raiders want to give him a little more. Even if they don't, they're 10 point home underdogs that puts him on the field in a lot of passing situations. I like him more on DraftKings than on FanDuel because he had a full point per catch, but at forty eight hundred for at least for a tournament, I think you could you could sneak him out there. And I think more people are going to go after Samuel's for two hundred less by a t- massive ownership rate difference. Yep. I mean, last week because of the Kareem Hunt news that dropped when we recorded, Spencer Ware was the guy that was really underpriced, and there were tournaments where he was seventy plus percent owned. Right. So I wonder if Samuel's gets up at least close to fifty percent. It's, it's going to be just crazy chalk on on Samuels and probably Wilson as well, especially on DraftKings. On FanDuel, Jeff Wilson's priced up a little bit more.
1: Yeah, I was going to say the, the thing is with them, they fight with each other this week. There's not one of them by themselves like where it was last week. So um, the other guy here, LaShawn McCoy, I mean, he destroyed the Jets a few weeks ago. doesn't mean he's going to do it again, but he's only 5700 which is pretty cheap. I, I kind of like that one. I mean, there's a lot of guys I'm looking
2: at that are seven, $800 cheaper. I'm going like, geez, even if they're the same price, I'd rather have McCoy. McCoy keeps getting volume and isn't doing much with it. Kind of since that jets game, but the jets game kind of pulled people back in like me yep. and, and maybe think, Oh, if he's going to get 20 touches at this price, he's got to do something. And it's a good test of like, well, can he do it again? I'm kind of erring on the side of just letting other people take that chance. Probably going to be low owned again because of the chalk interest elsewhere. And it just comes down to the bill's, as an offense having such a low ceiling overall, you, you just don't expect them to score much. Like they seem like a two touchdowns and a field goal kind of offense or four field goals and a touchdown. <laughs> like that's, that's how you kind of see them getting their 17 to 20 points. And yeah, there's a good chance McCoy gets one of those touchdowns that they score twice, but yeah, it could be 20 touches, 75 yards and a touchdown. And, and that's good. Not great. Even right. at that discounted price.
1: All right, wide receiver, same price, fifty six hundred, Sutton or Godwin?
2: I think I'm on Godwin for now, pending the weather. Right. If the weather holds up where those big gusts are gonna be as impactful in the passing game as the early forecasts suggest, then I'd probably move over and go ahead and switch to Sutton, you know, probably getting eight targets this week against the pretty weak secondary for the Niners.
1: All right, anybody else wide receiver you like on FanDuel?
2: Mm, that was pretty much all the, the, the kind of obvious sorts of, of bargain targets. I think we're good there. Okay.
1: Uh, tight end, well, I mean, there's a, it's, it's fun when you get to the position. And, and the Rotowire uh, DF, DFS value report, there's a value column. And, you know, green for the guys you want, black for neutral, red for no thank you. And there's no greens at tight end. Gronk is kind of cheap. Gronk's cheaper on DraftKings, which we're going to talk about in a minute. Mm-hmm. But these guys on, I don't know. I mean, Ian Thomas is, again, a guy, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I really like that one this weekend. And he is 4900 on on FanDuel. So If you're for a cheap tight end, you go to him. Let's go to DraftKings, which we, since we talked about it a little bit. Uh, Jameis, I'm not as fired up about here. Because the I mean, he's up priced up near Cam and over Rodgers and guys like that. I mean, I still like him. I just don't love him as much. Lamar's 5,700. Dak's 56. I've talked about Wentz being 54. And your guy Keenum, who you talked about earlier, 52. Let's say of the bargain quarterbacks, which
2: way do you think you'd go? Uh, the bargain, like under 6K? Yeah. I think I'm looking more tournaments in that case. I mean, I think if I'm playing cash game lineups on DraftKings, I'm just going to pay up because of the cheap running backs that we talked about before. Um, So I'm looking at Deshaun Watson as a guy that maybe fits in both cash games and GPPs. He's 5,900. The attempts have been down because the defense is good. They don't have to throw it that much. They've got pretty good balance in their offense. It's the last hurrah for the Colts. And if luck in the Colts can bounce back, which kind of hinges on T.Y. Hilton playing, if T.Y. Hilton doesn't play, I, I might just say Watson is, is GPP only. I think the cash game floor goes away. But the Colts are a high-tempo team. They run a lot of plays. If that keeps the ball kind of moving back and forth, that opens up more plays for the Texans. And that's good because it just brings up the number of opportunities Watson has to do stuff. So matchup defensively is not that bad. Spreads close enough where you could see 28 to 30 attempts, even if te- the Texans control throughout. And I think the biggest game we saw from Watson all season actually was back in Week Four on the road against Indy. So I like Watson quite a bit as a price down quarterback. And Tom Brady's only fifty eight hundred this week too. Right. So I think for your your other kind of tournament option, probably a lower owned tournament option than Watson. He's got everybody healthy right now. He's got all three of his running backs. He's got his top three wideouts. He's got Gronk out there, not even on the injury report right now. He's thrown the ball at least thirty times in every game except for one this season. And the weird thing about him is that he's not getting touchdowns. Like he's on track to have his first season where he hasn't averaged two passing touchdowns per game since 2013. Right. I don't know if that's going to hold up. And there's no Xavier Howard this week right. for the Dolphins. He's out with a knee injury. So, you know, the one weapon being taken away, whether that was Gordon or somebody else, that's not there either. And I just think this is a spot where Brady could have one of those crazy like three or four touchdown games and do it at low ownership too yeah i could definitely see that happening i agree with you um running back
1: the two guys we talked about earlier there's there's some cheap real cheap i mean samuels and wilson are both under 4k samuel's 3700 wilson's 3800 also justin jackson is 3800 now he he doesn't project to get necessarily the workload of these other guys but he could if the game's a blowout he could he's just not off the bat Let's say projected to have the backfield mostly to himself. But I think he's in play too. I actually think Justin Jackson, you, you talked about the ownership level. Samuels and Wilson, people are going to be all over in, in both cash GPPs. Justin Jackson, because of these two guys, I think Justin Jackson
2: might fly under the radar a little bit. I think Jackson probably fits in tournaments for me. I think Cincinnati's so bad against the run that both Eckler and Jackson can be productive, but I'm still expecting Eckler to have like a two to one snap and touch advantage over justin jackson this week yeah i think i think it's going to be a heavy workload for both i think eckler might get 20 touches and jackson could easily get 10 maybe even more um it just kind of depends on how out of hand that game gets does that game chargers Bengals? does that game give you enough early on from rivers and or keenan allen where you want to lock those guys in because Allen, in particular, is cheap on both FanDuel and DraftKings relative to the other top receivers this week. Let's see, so Rivers sixty five hundred,
1: so he's up around where Breeze is and up a little above Cam Keenan. He's seventy four, whereas Michael Thomas is eighty six hundred. Antonio's nine thousand. Hopkins seventy eight. Beckham eighty three. Tyreek eight thousand. I see where you're going this week. I, I think that's an interesting play. I mean, that's one that could it could pay off huge.
2: So I, I, I see where you're going. Yeah. I mean, again, it, it's just, it's just a weird sort of week because of these really low priced running backs, freeing up all the cash people want. And when I'm trying to predict what people are doing, I, I look back at, at previous weeks, ownership rates and you can only get them from Roto grinders for DraftKings. you can look at your own contests that you played in, of course, for whatever sites you play on. But I feel like you're getting more concentrated pockets of ownership on players. Like people feel more confident in identifying chalk right now. So instead of getting 15 to 20 percent owned players as higher owned players, you get like 40 plus percent ownership on Christian McCaffrey last week, or Aaron Jones, or Philip Lindsay. You know, guys like that go through the roof. And with that concentration, you get these crazy tournament buying opportunities in the non top chalk options Mm -hmm. like the second tier guys whose projections aren't really that much worse are going to be significantly lower owned and they could match and maybe even exceed the production of those chalky players so even if guys like samuels and wilson don't bust completely if they push everybody onto the same couple of players mccaffrey barkley zeke as far as your other running backs go um you can gain something if you're maybe building around like Aaron Jones and Philip Lindsay and Austin Eckler and other players that are going to be somewhat popular, but just not overwhelmingly popular the way some of these other guys will be.
0: All
1: right. Two other guys I want to talk about running back on DraftKings. Sometimes it, because of pricing, you look and you say the, the volume, even with the matchup, the volume, I, I, I almost, you know, in some, let's say in a cash game, I might have to go there. We talked about McCoy again. He's 5,000. I'm not going to bring him up again. Marlon Mack at 4,600. I know he's playing at Houston, and the Texans have a good defense. And I know Mack's workload wasn't great last week. He, he had some concussion issues the week before. I tend to think they eased him back in a little bit. Marlon Mack, in the games before he got the concussion, touches 21-27, 14-17-17. I mean,
2: why, why don't I want to play this guy at 4,600? He's getting five yards a carry this season, so that's a nice setup. Uh, If you look back at some of the tougher matchups he's had, I'd say one of those would be Tennessee back in week 11. He had 17 total touches, 69 yards from scrimmage, but he scored. And if you get something like that this week at that price, that's not bad. The potential for more is there, and the Colts are a good offense, so... You're kind of just going against the grain because Houston's defense is good, really, in all facets. 3.7 yards per carry allowed. I think it's the lowest or second lowest in the league this season. The Saints are one of the teams that's better. Uh, they don't allow a lot of big plays. They don't allow a lot of rushing TDs. But Mac has a, a role where he's on the field in some passing situations, too, even though Naheem Hines does a lot of that work. So I think at the price, because of the other discounted running backs especially, he'll be largely ignored. And he does make sense in tournaments as a result. All right. Let's go to the wide receivers. You know, it's easy to talk about
1: the the guys we talked about already. Um, Sutton, hang on. Sutton is forty five hundred. Godwin is forty nine hundred, and Hamilton. I'm betting is was is he three thousand, right? Deshaun Hamilton Hamilton's three thousand. So if you're looking for a cheap receiver, I mean, if you're looking for a three k receiver, he's it. Like he he's your, you know, hey, I spend a bunch of other places and I need a minimum price guy. That 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 could be your guy. Any other wide receivers you're kind of leaning towards here? Whether it could be high price, low price, up to you.
2: Yeah. The the thought would be if you are saving a lot at, at running back, if you're jamming in two of those cheap running backs, maybe you're paying top dollar for Antonio Brown and getting him at low ownership in tournaments this week. So that's kind of an interesting like high end option. Cheap in cash, I'd say, in addition to the guys you mentioned, Golden Tate, because he won't mm-hmm. see Byron Jones. He's only 4800 I think he makes for a good play against Dallas this week. Even though you're not expecting the Eagles' offense to go crazy, his floor is pretty high. So I think Tate's pretty interesting. If that uh, weather concern that we mentioned earlier holds up with the Bucks, it might hurt Chris Godwin a little bit more as more of an outside receiver. But it doesn't hurt Adam Humphreys quite as much as a slot receiver who's going to run a lot of those short underneath routes. He's still 4,900. So I think Humphreys this week becomes more interesting in those poor conditions because of the way they use him up kind of in the the higher range. Julio Jones against the Packers. I mean, come on. I think we talked about it yesterday. He's had a huge game against them in the past. Kevin King's on IR. Uh, I I like that he's priced just below 8K this week. Uh, The possibility of the Packers kind of going nuts with Adams and Jones and, and Aaron Rodgers just doing some different things sands mccarthy leaves the falcons in this position where they may have to throw it a lot and jones is just a guy you're not worried about gyra alexander or anybody trying to slow him down so i think you can kind of mix and match uh, one of the more expensive guys like an allen like a jones like an antonio brown with some of those discounted plays like tate like sutton and and come away with a, a good bit of production uh, just kind of adjusting floor and ceiling accordingly for your your tournament versus your your gp or your tournament versus your cash lineups all right let's get to
1: tight end um herndon's 3k i'm looking at the the low price guys gronk 4800
2: i thought i read someone say the other day this is the lowest price he's ever been on DraftKings. totally possible um i definitely would think about it in tournaments i think in cash games he might be somewhat popular because there's not there's not a lot of easy answers at the position this week it's just kind of the way things broke. Ebron got priced up, you know. Kittle at fifty five hundred, only seven hundred more might pull some of the Gronk ownership away. But the weeks where we had a few guys that crept in, just around the four K mark, it's not one of those weeks this week. Yeah, Cameron Braid, I guess, at thirty five hundred is still kind of interesting. Uh, but I'm definitely interested in Gronk, especially in tournaments at forty
1: eight hundred. Ian Thomas twenty seven hundred, everybody.
2: Yeah, that's that's John's preferred punt play. Don't tell anyone Ian Ian Thomas and Deshaun Hamilton. You can buy anything you want (laughs) everywhere else. You could throw Samuels and or Wilson into your lineup, too, and then just go crazy. Go nuts with like Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and Antonio Brown. Like nothing's going to stop you from having four or five like eight thousand dollar players if you uh, get a bunch of three. High three and even uh, two thousand dollar players in. I am I am vowing
1: right now to do a lineup with those four
2: players. Okay, so okay. will everybody do it. else? There's a lot of people, but Samuel Wilson, Hamilton, Ian Thomas. The sneaky play that I, I've I've kind of come to over the course of the week is actually Tevin Coleman, and everyone's going, "Oh, gross, Tevin I Coleman." Know. Yep. but here here's the thought. Here's the thought process on DraftKings. He's forty four hundred. Had that huge game in Week Nine against Washington. And hasn't done anything since, really. I mean, it's been three games in a row where he's had like eight carries or less. But he's had a crazy tough schedule. Road trip to Cleveland, and he had the Cowboys, the Saints, and the Ravens the last three weeks. Those are pretty nasty defenses right now. The latter two, I think, are the two best in the league against the run. So I think people are going to be scared away because the workload's been down. Ownership rate should be well under 5%, even at that price. The Packers have given up 4.6 yards per carry this season. It's going to be cold, so the Falcons are going to probably try and run a little slower tempo offense, just move the chains, using the running game. Winds aren't supposed to be that bad. Snow is not supposed to be that bad. She's supposed to be cold. So Coleman might get a huge workload, and he gets some passing down work. You know, Edo Smith gets a little bit too, but I don't think Coleman disappears if that rogers uh sans mccarthy thing kind of comes to fruition and the packers offense goes crazy so i think tevin coleman is the low owned running back that i'm probably the most interested in we talked about marlon mack earlier similar line of thinking but i think i think coleman still has a, a higher upside because he gets he can get a larger share of passing down work than what marlon mack can typically get in indy all
1: right Folks, let's wrap it there. What, Derek? What do you got going on this weekend? No babysitting, I guess.
2: No, no. That uh, I got the I got that cancellation notice, uh, but that was before the pod got posted. Of course, since we're still recording, um, I'm probably going to rest. It, it's been a long week. I've had extra media stuff and been getting over this cold sinus thing. So it's probably probably good for me to just shut it down for a night and try to go into Saturday and Sunday at uh, at full health. I, I overbought beer on Black Friday. I tweeted that picture out just kind of loaded up for the month and I've barely even touched the supply. Mm-hmm. So maybe if I'm feeling better tomorrow, I'll, uh, I'll enjoy, you know, a couple of beers I haven't had before or something along those lines. Uh, how about you?
1: Um, jam packed in addition to preparing for snowmageddon 2018. Um, yeah. Friends over tonight, out to friends tomorrow, out to friends Sunday. It's going to be, it's going to be a long weekend.
2: Nice. Lock enjoy on. fun. Yeah. Good luck. Good luck with the snowmageddon. If that happens, I know that, that wreaks havoc on places that are not accustomed to it. And Right. And, and it's things like, it's little things.
1: Like if you live in the Northeast or the Midwest or whatever, some things are so elementary. And I grew up in New York, so it's not like this foreign to me. But you get to things like this and you see the weather forecast and you go, and you go oh, do our kids have boots? <laughs> it's like, Cause right? why do you
2: need them? You need them once a year. So, or gloves. I literally ordered two pairs of gloves on Amazon last night. Hey, couldn't you just buy yak tracks and just put those on regular shoes? Like, wouldn't that get you through whatever snow you get in Charlotte? It probably would because the snow's most likely not going to be deeper than two or three inches. Right. And, yeah, yeah. you're not going to completely – like, if you have a slightly older pair of just running shoes, put those on there. And if you get them a little snowy, it's not going to wreck them. Yeah. But I think I've told you it's kind of pathetic with kids. I mean, my kids are getting a little older with that. But, you know, you, they
1: go out and make snowmen. And they go, oh, look at my snowman. And this snowman's like, 18 inches tall because there's really not a lot of snow.
2: It's a good effort, it's, though. It's pitiful. Yeah. You're like, oh, that's not a snowman. But okay. You try. Don't tell them that. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> I'm, I'm a bad babysitter, John, but I, I don't want to break the children's spirit. No, I don't. I just, like, sometimes I look at it oh, yeah.
1: What's the matter? Oh, nothing. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you got to use baby carrots for the
2: nose because a real carrot would, would kill it? <laughs> Pretty much. It would tip it over like Charlie Brown's Christmas tree. Yeah. So. Yeah, you got to be careful with that.
1: All right, folks, we're gonna we're gonna end it there. Um, listeners to this podcast, get a free 10-day rotowire trial, rotowire.com slash pod. No credit card needed for that. You can check out nearly all the features on the site. Take a look now, rotowire.com slash pod. Please leave us reviews and ratings wherever you're listening. We'd appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Tim and I will be here on Monday. I will be hopefully not buried under snow outside of four terrifying inches in charlotte i will be here to review the week 14 games so come on back then for derek van Riper, i'm john halpin good luck in week 14